Okay, so this word quicken or quickeneth is just an old English word that means to make alive. Uh, some translations say the God who makes the dead alive or gives life to the dead and calls things that be not as being. And that's what God did over there in Genesis 1. The, the earth was void. It, there was no life on the earth. And he had to speak life into being. There, there was no life. There was no plant life. There was no animal life. There were no people. He had to speak it into being. So he called things that be not as being. Now, that, so this verse in Romans 4.17 sounds a lot like Genesis 1, doesn't it? God who calls things that be not as though they were, that's exactly what he did in Genesis 1. So, when God saw this lifeless planet and he saw all this darkness, he didn't start commenting about how dark it was and about how lifeless. He didn't say, what am I going to do? You know, look at all this darkness. We got to have some light. You know, how are, we, how are plants going to live? How are people and animals going to live without life? We really need some light. God didn't start, he didn't use his words to comment on the circumstances. He used his word to change the circumstances. And most people talk, we need this, we need that, we got to have this, we want this, we want that. And there is no faith or power in those words, just commenting about what you need and what you want. There's no creative power to change anything in those words. God looked out over the darkness and he said, light be. Light become. Be is just short for become or being or became. It's the Hebrew word is the same word translated am. When, uh, when uh, Moses said to God, who shall I say, who shall I say sent me? And God said, tell them I am that I am. Same Hebrew word as be. It means to become, to be, or to exist. So God spoke, light become, and light existed. It became. So he spoke the universe, to the universe, and it came into being. So when God said to Abraham, I have already made you, the father of many nations when he had no children. Then God was calling things that be not as being, as if they already existed. So this is the way God operates. And in order to walk by faith, we have to call things that be not as being. Uh, you, you notice over there in Genesis 1, we didn't turn there. But what God said 
You, you remember what God said to Adam and Eve? Be blessed. Be fruitful. Multiply. He wasn't just encouraging them. <laughs> he was he was enduing them with the power to be blessed and to uh, to be fruitful. He was releasing his faith in his words. This was not a pep talk. He, he was imparting something to them. The ability to be blessed and to be fruitful. Uh, you remember Joshua. He said, God said, uh, you know, through, uh, God said to Joshua, be strong, be courageous. He wasn't just encouraging them. He wasn't just giving them, giving him a pep talk. He's imparting the ability to him to be strong and to be courageous. Uh, God, God is, rele is releasing power and ability through the spoken word. And this is exactly what we're to do by calling things that be not as being. This is exactly what God intends for us to do. And the devil is absolutely terrified of a world full of spirit-filled, faith-filled, speaking Christians who know how to do this. And the devil has pretty well, he's been pretty effective in shutting this down. And, and, and uh, making sure that this doesn't happen, mostly through religion and tradition. The devil knows how God created the universe. He knows how faith works better than most Christians do. And you can see why he has invested centuries into deceiving people, including Christians, about... Uh, blinding them to the power of what they say. <coughs> so he's deceived us into using our own words to destroy ourselves and everything around us. And basically, we've been doing his job for him. That, that's, that he's deceived the whole world and unfortunately many Christians because we've had no teaching in this area and we've just been trained to talk, you know, how we feel and how, how you know, the circumstances and just flow with everybody else. And we've been doing the devil's job for him, basically. But we're wising up. Amen? Amen. We're wising up. Hallelujah. We're, we're, getting, we're getting back ahead of him. Amen? Hallelujah. So the devil has done this primarily by introducing so much tradition into Christianity that for many Christians that would endeavor to begin to speak faith and release their faith, uh, many times their <coughs> church leaders would endeavor to shame them into submitting to tradition. And, 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 you know, who do you think you are? Uh, you know, uh, how, how can you be so presumptuous? You're not God. Well, no, we're not God. But we're created in his image. He created us 
speaking spirits with the power of intelligent speech just like God. In that respect, we are like God. He created us with the ability to call things that be not as being. So, that plan has never changed. So don't allow anybody to shame you or to beat you down into submission uh, to anything that's contrary to the Word of God and the way He operates. Because we're in good company with Jesus and Abraham. Uh, they, God sends His Word to do something. That's what Isaiah 55, 11 says. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. In other words, it shall not return to me with no results. It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper, and the thing whereunto I send it. And we can do the same things. We can send our words out on purpose to accomplish something, to change things, not just commenting about things, but to change things. Now let's look at several examples of Jesus. Let's look at Matthew 8. Matthew 8. Uh, we'll start with verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. What did Jesus say? Be clean. Be clean. Is he just encouraging the man to be clean? <laughs> no. He, he's not commenting on the man's physical condition. He is sending his words. Be clean. What's in those words? Words of faith. Words of healing. Cleansing power. That's what's in those words. And what happened? And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Look over at verse 13, same chapter. This is the uh, centurion that came to Jesus about his servant. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. Underline the word be. And over there in verse uh, Three, also, underline the word be. Be clean. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Be it how? As you have believed. As you have believed. He didn't, notice, he did not pray for this man. He did not pray that he would be healed of leprosy. He didn't pray for the centurion servant. He just said, be clean and be it unto you as you have believed. The centurion believed. He said, you don't even have to come to my house. You just speak the word. And Jesus did 
and the, the man was healed the same hour. Uh, look over the next page, Matthew 9, uh, verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come unto the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Underline the word be. Be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. He's not just, he, he's using his words to create. There's cleansing, healing power in his words that he's releasing. He's releasing his words for a purpose. Let's turn over to Mark 4. Just a few pages. Mark 4. This is the uh, uh, storm that came up on the Sea of Galilee. And in verse 39, it says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, underline that phrase, He said unto the sea, Peace, be still. Be still. He wasn't talking to God. He wasn't asking God to stop the wind. He wasn't praying to God to stop the storm. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the wind and the sea, isn't he? He's talking to visible things to change them. Will the wind and the sea obey faith-filled words? Yeah. They will obey your faith-filled words. And that's what the devil does not want you to find out. You know, he may say, well, that's God and that's Jesus and that's all well and good. But you can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. And that's what he is terrified of, a, an earth full of spirit-filled faith-filled believers that know how to do this. That's what he's terrified of. Now, why aren't more Christians talking like this? Because they haven't been taught according to the Bible. And for the most part, they don't believe it would do any good. Now, that's why it doesn't do any good because they don't believe it would do any good. And Jesus believed that what he said would become. And it comes down to believing what you say comes to pass. That's really the key right there. Believing what you say comes to pass. Now turn over the, another page or two to Mark 7. We see another example, verse uh, 
32, they brought this deaf, uh, deaf and dumb person to him. Uh, verse 33, and he took him aside from the multitude, probably to get him away from all the unbelief. So he took this man aside from the rest of the crowd and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto them, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Underline the word be. Be opened. And straightway his ears were open, and his tongue was loosed. Notice the words, be opened. Be clean, be loosed, be removed. This is how Jesus lived. We, here in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we just have a few snapshots of Jesus' life and ministry. This is in no way, no, no way a complete uh, summary of what Jesus did. We just have some snapshots here and there. And the reason... The Holy Spirit chose these particular uh, events and, and snapshots and chose these to be recorded is to be an example for us on how we're supposed to live on this earth. We are to imitate Jesus. Now that's something religion will never teach you, <laughs> that you can live like Jesus. As a matter of fact, they just tell you the opposite. No, you know, well, that was Jesus. Nobody could live up to him. Well, then, you know, why, why are all these things recorded? Why is it just, why record something just as a bunch of history in a book? What good's that going to do me now? What relevance does this have if I can't live this way now? It's not just a pack of history 2,000 years ago. This is the way God intends for us to live right now. And nobody will argue that this is how Jesus lived and operated, but they'll argue about the fact that you can live and operate this way. That's what they'll argue with you about. They'll say, well, Jesus, he was the son of God. He healed people because he was the son of God. Well, Philippians 2 says that Jesus left behind all of his divine abilities in heaven. And he came to earth as a man, filled with the Holy Spirit. He was the Son of God, but he did not operate in the miraculous as the Son of God. It, the Bible tells us he left behind all of his divine abilities in heaven, and he came to earth as a man. Now this passage here about the storm on, uh, on the Sea of Galilee, when the disciples came to him and woke him up, it really hacked him off. You know what I mean? He wasn't very happy that they came and woke him up. So it's obvious he intended for them to do what he did. That's, that's why he was upset. Why are you waking me up? He went out and he spoke to the wind and he spoke to the sea, fully expecting them to do it. That, that's why it upset him that they came and, and woke him up because he fully expected them to do what he did. 
Now, um, we won't turn there, but you can write down John 14, 12. And I'll just read it. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now the Phillips translation says, I assure you that the man who believes in me will do the same things that I have done. Yes, and he will do even greater things than these, for I am going away to the Father. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do, that the Son may bring glory to the Father, and if you ask anything in my name, I will grant it. The voice translation says, I tell you the truth, whoever believes in me will be able to do what I have done, but they will do even greater things because I will return to be with the Father. Now, if Jesus lived this way, and the disciples lived this way, why can't his disciples today live this way? Amen? What's changed? Well, I'll tell you what's changed. The Word of God has been pushed aside. That's what changed. And it was replaced with man-made ideas and traditions. They have made the word of God of no effect. That's what changed. Now let's turn, let's turn over to Luke. Luke 17. Luke 17. And the apostle said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. Did Jesus say, okay, come here and I'll pray for you? No. He didn't, say, he didn't say, come here and I'll pray that you have more faith. No. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, be plucked up, be cast into the sea, and it should obey you. Underline the word be. Be thou plucked up. Be planted into the sea. Is it Luke 17? Yeah, Luke 17, 6. Uh -huh. That's what we're down to now. Be plucked. If you had faith, you would say, be plucked up. Be cast into the sea, and it should obey you. The original Greek says, it would obey you. It would obey you. Not maybe, not might, not could be. It would obey you. So it's obvious he's expecting them, and, in, and, and, and he's inspecting them to know how to do this, and he's giving them instructions on how to do this. So there's no point in him giving them instructions and saying, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, be plucked up, be removed, be cast into the sea, if he didn't expect them to do it. 
Why give them the instructions if he didn't expect them to do the same thing? So, he's not just talking to his disciples here. He's also talking to us. This has been recorded for us also. Now, let's turn back a few pages to Matthew 18. Matthew 18, 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose shall be loosed in heaven. Underline the words you. Who's going to bind it? You. <laughs> me. Who's going to loose it? You and me. So, the way you bind or loose something in the spiritual realm is by speaking words to it and releasing your faith. Be opened. Be loosed. Be removed. Be locked up. You get it? Now turn over a few pages to chapter 21. Matthew 21. This is Jesus uh, this is Matthew's account of Jesus speaking to the fig tree. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, underline the words you. Underline the words you. Be removed, be cast into the sea, it shall be done. Underline the words be. So who did he say could do this? You and me. And it shall be done. So it's not just having faith. When you're getting ready to speak to a situation or release your, your faith about something, it's not just believe in what you say in this specific situation. It's believe in what you say all the time. That's what's you got to release your faith in all your words. And this is, when you begin to do that, then when you come up to a situation like Goliath or something that looks impossible, when you speak to that thing, you know it's going to move. You know it's going to move because you release faith in all of your words. You, you release faith in, in your words all the time. There's no such, you don't just have these throwaway comment uh, uh, words. I thought, of, uh, I thought of a phrase the other day. Maybe it'll come back to me. The way people just 
uh, oh, I know. Um, you, you hear people say something like that. Um, well, when I win the lottery, I'm going to do so-and-so. They know they're not going to win the lottery. You know what I mean? That, they're, they're, uh, they don't believe they're going to win the lottery. Now, they'll say, when I win the lottery, they don't believe that. Now, that's a way of confusing your spirit. They're saying something, they don't believe that. And, and if people constantly do things like that, then when they get ready to release their, their faith on something important or even life-threatening, the faith is just not there. They may speak to it, but they don't believe nothing's going to change. So this is why we've got to release faith in all of our words. When, when you're facing something that needs to be loosed or locked up or removed or whatever the situation, it would be good to even just take maybe a few days to just wait on the Lord and, and just it, maybe he will quicken a scripture to you or just quicken the right words to say over this situation. Don't be so quick to just jump up and start, you know, uh, yelling out something. Make sure you've got something that you've meditated on. Maybe you waited on the Lord for a few days. Lord, what specifically do I need to say in this situation? And, and don't be so quick to just jump out there and, and just blurt out something. Uh, make sure you've got some, you've got some, uh, you know, you know this is a quickened word so that when you say, be loosed, be removed, you know it's going to obey you. You know it's going to obey you. Amen. So, I think we need to believe Jesus. He said we can do this. And we have to decide, are we going to submit to the traditions of men? Or are we going to submit to the head of the church who has already told us what to do? Jesus spoke to fevers. He spoke to trees. He spoke to demons. And they obeyed him. Not because he was the son of God. Because he knew that Faith is released by words. And he knew how the principle of faith operates, and he didn't doubt it. And then he turned around and said, If you have faith, you can say to this mountain, you can say to this fig tree, Be plucked up, be cast into the sea, be removed, and what would happen? It would obey you. So this is the way we're supposed to be living. Amen? Now, what if every Christian household was saying, bills be paid, money come, opportunities come, business come, clients come, what if every Christian household, every Christian adult knew how to walk into their kid's bedroom and, and speak to that fever, say, be gone, be loosed, infection, be removed, blood cells, be normal, blood count, be normal, 
life would be a whole lot better, wouldn't it? Amen. Well, we're getting there. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm not where I used to be. And everything I'm speaking hasn't manifested yet, but I've experienced enough victory in this area to know that my life has definitely improved. I had an opportunity the last few weeks to put some of this into motion, what we've been talking about. Not that I never had before, but I just had another opportunity. <laughs> but uh, while I was in America, I get a routine, you know, dental checkup, and uh, I had my teeth cleaned, and they do x-rays and all this. And the uh, dental assistant, you know, she was doing all this, and she looked at my x-rays, and she says, oh, you, you got a tooth back here that doesn't look good, you know. She said, but we'll let the, the dentist look at it when he comes in. Well, he came in, and he kind of said the same thing. And he showed me the x-ray and everything. I saw the x-ray. I'm not denying what was on the x-ray or anything. But he said, uh, at some point, I think you're going to lose that tooth. And he said, you can have it out here, or you can have it out in England. And I said, right now, I'm not having it out anywhere. I said, I'm, uh, I, you know, I didn't preach him a sermon, but, you know, my parents have spent a lot of money on my teeth, and they taught me to value every tooth that I have. And I said, I am going to give this some time, meaning I'm going to put my faith on this, and I'm going to start working on it. And he said, okay, I understand. Uh, he said, you might go a long time, and you know, but he said, eventually, I think you're going to lose this too. Well, I went, he said, I'm going to give you an appointment to come back and have it out well in time before you leave. Well, I canceled the appointment because I went, I had my Charles Capps Creative Power for Healing book with me, and I'd already been speaking the word before I left. Well, I got that book out, and every single morning, I missed Christmas morning day. That's the only day I missed. Every single morning I was there, I got up, and boy, I started pounding the word on my tooth. Well, I still have my tooth, and it's not bothering me right now, and I'm going to continue speaking the word over it, and it's better. Uh, it actually wasn't really bothering me much at the time, you know. Uh, I kind of have sensitive teeth anyway because I had orthodontics. So if I have a twinge and a tooth somewhere, I don't really think much about it, you know. But um, anyway, I'm going to keep working on this tooth. And I'm saying, tooth, you are not going to die. You are going to live, and you're going to declare the works of God. Jesus has already redeemed me from the curse and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And infection and inflammation and pain and disease, it all comes under the law of sin and death. And if I speak that word, I'm putting into motion the law of the spirit of life. And it will override and cancel out the law of sin and death. And it will drive that infection out of there. Now that's what I'm believing. 
And I've still got my tooth. Amen? And I plan on keeping it as, at least as long as I can. You know what I mean? I'm going to resist this thing with the Word. Amen? So I had an opportunity to practice what we're doing. The God that, that gives life to the dead and calls things that be not as being. I'm calling life to my tooth. And I, I call it whole. I call it whole. I say, thank you, Lord. My right lower back tooth is free from infection. Thank you, Lord. My right lower back tooth is made whole. I'm putting into motion the law of the spirit of life. It's putting life back into my tooth. And I'm going to keep resisting that thing. Amen? Till it's totally, completely gone. So I'm not just up here just, you know, giving out something that I don't do and I don't believe in. Amen? I'm, I'm living what I'm teaching and I, I know it works. Amen? Religion has taught people to beg. You know, oh God, we're so unworthy. We don't deserve the crumbs that fall from your table. But if you could just spare a few moments of your time, would you please hear my prayer? But I'm so unworthy. That's what, that's what we've been hearing. That's what people have been taught to do. Millions of Christians are doing that every day because the Word of God has been pushed aside. Well, how have the results been? Not very good. Not very good results. You've heard that definition of insanity? Continuing to do the same thing over and over, expecting to get different results? Well, that's pretty much what we've been, religion's been doing for 2,000 years. Jesus said, you speak to it, you don't doubt what's going to happen, you believe what you say comes to pass, it will happen. Now, it may not happen overnight, it may not happen in a week, it may not happen in a month, it may not happen in a year, but it will happen. And if you're dealing with other people, it may take even longer because you've got their unbelief or whatever level of faith to contend with. But if you're weak in some area, don't say I'm slow at this. Don't say I'm dumb. Don't say I can't learn this. That's all the more reason to be speaking faith over yourself. That's all the more reason to say I can do this. I can learn this. Jesus said, uh, I mean, James said, sweet water and salt water don't come out of the same fountain. No. Don't say my memory's bad. Don't say I can't remember anything anymore. The Bible says the memory of the upright is blessed. That's what you want to say. Not that I can't remember anything anymore. That's death. That's putting into motion the law of sin and death. Tell your kids, tell your grandkids, you can learn this subject. You can spell these words. You can add these numbers. Tell them they're sharp, they're bright. They can learn, they're smart. 
They're quick of understanding. You're not just encouraging them. You're not just encouraging yourself. You're imparting the ability to them to learn it. It will quicken their mind. It will quicken their bodies. It will quicken your body. My tooth is being quickened. It's being quickened with the word. Amen? Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing the word. Beginning to believe that what you say matters. And you're not just commenting on circumstances and, and how you feel. You're, you're releasing words. You're imparting. You're sending out words to change things. Believe in the little things you say comes to pass. And, and if somebody says something to you that's negative, say, for example, like, what that dentist said to me. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. Don't just blurt out necessarily the first thing that comes across your mind. Especially if it's something important or if somebody said something negative. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. You may not say anything. It may be just the wisdom of God to say nothing. Just to be silent. Just, just let those words, just let them go. But, but begin to, when, you, when you're facing these situations, meditate, wait on the Lord about what to say, and, and, and then release those words in faith. Be open, be loose, be removed. And it will come to pass. Amen? So, we're going to start talking to our bodies parts. Amen? And we're going to start talking to our bills or whatever the situation is. Talk to your body. Kidneys work. Be cleaned. Lungs, be clear. Brain, be alert. Brain, be alert. Tumors, be gone. Lungs, be clear. Amen? They will obey you. My teeth are my teeth. They're not the devil's teeth, and they're not the dentist's teeth. And I want to keep all my teeth. Just because I got more than one tooth doesn't mean I have to give up one. You know what I mean? It's my teeth. Your kidneys are your kidneys. They will obey you. You talk to them. My teeth will obey me. They're my teeth. So your brain is your brain. You start saying, brain, be alert. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. You're my heart. You're my lungs. You're my teeth. And you have to obey me. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me find my ending. <laughs> we are ending. 1 John, this is our last scripture. 1 John 2, 6. 1 John 2.6 says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. The easy-to-read version says, 
If we say we live in God, we must live the way Jesus lived. The Living Bible says, anyone who says he is a Christian should live as Christ did. How did Jesus live? He released his faith in words. Be moved, be removed, be opened, be loosed. Jesus not only came to earth to be our substitute and to be the sacrifice for our sins, he also came to show us how to live on this earth as a believer. Are we to live this way or some other way? It's going to take some courage and it's going to take some faith to live this way because we are the minority. And, and even most Christians are living some other way. And the world is definitely living some other way. So, but we, we are empowered to do this. Amen? We, we, we are strong. We are courageous. We do have faith and we're releasing it. It's tradition and religion that changed it into some other way like beggars, worms, and orphans. It sounds holy and pious and humble, but it's ignorance. It's ignorance. So write this down. If you'll be more selective, if you'll be more selective, talking about what you say, if you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. If you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. So be selective. Select your words. Think about it before you say it. Release faith in all of your words. And then when you get ready to speak to that mountain, you know it's going to move. You know because everything you say comes to pass including this thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's say this out loud. I believe it. Amen. So be it. Amen. Amen.